Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 60. This episode is brought to you by my geography mini lessons, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash shop. These mini lessons are great to use for elementary age kids all the way up through middle school. And what's even more helpful is that you can use them to homeschool multiple ages together. There's no reason that all your kids from different varying grade levels can learn about the same kind of topics all together. And this is one way to simplify your homeschool. So I know that geography and geography themes, which remember, geography is more than just where is this place on a map, but it's like human environment interaction, it's regional regional differences, it's all these things, language and um, economics and the form of government, all of these things go into the study of human and physical geography. So I've created some mini lessons, which are easy for you to just open up, use it, video links, hands-on projects, some fun activities that'll get your kids excited about geography and some of the things that they see how geography impacts their everyday life. So check out these geography mini lessons at 41more.com forward slash shop, or I will also put a link in the show notes, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash 60. Welcome to episode number 60. And today I wanted to talk about how to simplify your homeschool. This is one of the topics I really love to emphasize because I see a lot of parents who are just starting out with homeschooling or maybe some who've been doing it for a while, but they're just making things so much harder than it needs to be. And I know homeschooling takes a lot of juggling, a lot of organization, but at the same time, there are some tried and true ways that you can simplify things so that you don't feel overwhelmed, and that you can actually enjoy your everyday routine with your kids. So in today's podcast, I want to talk about the four top ways that I would love to see you simplify your homeschool if you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, If you're listening to this in real time, you might be at the end of your school year and starting to plan for next year. So whether you've homeschooled before and just need to change things up, or maybe you've never homeschooled yet and you want to know, how do I get started on the right foot so that my homeschool is simple? It's not over cluttered or overwhelmed. I'm hitting the big things I need to do and not fretting about all the little details. So if this sounds like a great topic, keep listening. Everything I mentioned, I will link to in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 60. All right, let's jump right in. All right, the first key to simplifying your homeschool, I feel like it has to be the curriculum that you choose. Some curriculum is amazing, but 
it might be made for a classroom teacher. So they expect you to get the teacher book. They expect you to read the lesson and then figure out how to teach it to your kids. And then your kids have to do the assignment. It's just so complicated. You don't need that kind of curriculum when you're homeschooling. So if you can find open and go curriculum, either things that are written directly to your child, or if they have a teacher book, it's not over crazy. It maybe even gives you like a script to follow to help you teach your kids. Because let's face it, you're not going to be an expert on everything. You're going to learn as you go. That's okay. You don't have to be a professional teacher to be able to homeschool your kids. So that's why I'm saying don't pick a curriculum that expects you to have to craft your own lesson plan every day for each of your kids. That will drive you nuts. And it will take so much time that's not necessary. So what is an open and go curriculum? That just basically means you there's not all this prep for you as the mom, you pick up where you left off the next, the last day and you say, okay, we left off here. Let's do the very next thing. Um, I'll give you some examples of curriculum that does this for us. Obviously, I'm just going to give you a few examples. There are hundreds of more out there, and you can find them. I'll also link to kathyduffyreviews.com, which is a great place to kind of get homeschool curriculum reviews. If you want to see, hear a little bit about uh, what makes them great or who they're good for, that's a great place to check out. But for example, we love All About Spelling. All About Spelling has levels one through seven, so approximately first grade to seventh grade, but of course it's not grade level. It's whatever your kids need, right? So you could have a third grader that's working on level six. It doesn't always correspond to their grades, but it's an open and go curriculum. So I don't need to figure out what I'm teaching that day. We open it up and it tells me, go over this concept you know, have your kids write these words, see if they know how to spell this, use the tile board to spell these words and learn the phonetic reasons they're spelled this way. All about spelling is such a simple curriculum to use. And so we love it because it's open and go. Another curriculum in the English language arts field as well, that's open and go is writing with skill. And we absolutely love this writing curriculum because it's written to the students. So this is essentially for middle school and I don't sit down with the kids. Now it'll say, check your work with your instructor, or if the kids don't understand something, they ask me, there's a teacher book that comes with it, but it basically gives you a script, um, to help your kids get the right answers. So instead of just like, um, saying, write this paper and your kids might have questions. Well, what about this? It gives you a script in the teacher book to ask them questions to eventually lead them to the right answer that they need to come up with, right? So when you're doing literary analysis or whatever, doesn't mean I've had to have read the book. I can just help use that script in the teacher book. It helps me teach my kids. But on a daily basis, my kids pretty much open up writing with skill and they can do it all on their own. So that's an example of open and go curriculum. Um, I've tried in years past occasionally here and there to use curriculum that was written for a classroom and it just doesn't work. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, you want to simplify your homeschool, I would say the first step is to check out your curriculum. Make sure it's open and go, homeschool friendly, made so that you as a homeschool mom, you don't have to do a whole lot of preparation and it's easy to implement on a daily basis. That's point number one. All right, point number two is going to be basically make sure that your kids are working harder than you are. So that means probably you're going to want to use notebooking or narration as the spine of a lot of your homeschooling. Now, this is mainly K through eighth because high school, it's going to be a little different. The, the, the courses are a little more rigorous 
and you might have a little more of um, lectures they have to listen to or or textbooks they're reading and taking notes. Although high schoolers can also use notebooking in a very effective way. So um, it's maybe actually does apply all the way through 12th grade. But what does this look like on a daily basis? Well, I know that there are some of you out there that are spending all weekend on Pinterest looking for printables and you're printing them and you're organizing them and your kids have these piles of worksheets and it might work okay, but it's probably you're probably working way too hard. If you want to simplify it, have your kids produce the work. So basically, this works really great in science and history, especially, right? Your math may have, you may have a math workbook because that's just the nature of math and you're practicing some skills in math and you're kind of doing a page of math every day. But what about science and history, especially? If your kids are reading a a biography about someone for history, or they, you have a textbook you're using as your spine, or an encycl- uh, like a science encyclopedia or history encyclopedia with lots of great information and pictures. Um, have them read the section for the day. Have them tell you back what they learned. That's simply narration. And then have them put that in a notebook. So you keep a science notebook. And every day they draw a picture, they label something, they write a sentence or two depending on their age. Maybe if they're older and in middle school, they're going to write a paragraph or two every day. They're going to outline. They're going to write the main um, points that they learned. They're going to connect it to their life. Like how does this connect to what they already know? You know, they're going to label a map and stick it in there. They're going to create a history timeline. They're going to add to their timeline in their notebook. Whatever it looks like. Your kids are producing the written work. You're not handing them a pile of printables that you spent five hours finding on Saturday on Pinterest, right? You're going to actually just, they open up their notebooks, they read the section, they record what they learned. It's like a, it's like a scrapbook of their learning. That's basically what notebooking is. It can be a, just a, just a spiral cheap notebook from Walmart. It can be a three ring binder, that you put notebooking pages in, whatever works for you. But in this case, the kids are having to process the information and think, okay, what's important here? Or what did I learn? What was interesting? And it, and it puts them in the active learner seat instead of mom being the one doing all the work and the kids are passively filling out worksheets that have crossword puzzles on them, right? That didn't help them learn about a science fact that just helped them fill out a crossword puzzle. And so if you want to simplify your homeschool, you actually need to put the bulk of the work on your kids. It shouldn't be you as the mom doing all the work. The kids need to be processing the information and kind of creating a learning journal of what did they learn. And I think that's a really important step to simplifying your homeschool. So that's point number two. I have a great narration cheat sheet for you, and I'll put it in the show notes because if you've never used narration, it might sound really confusing. It's actually what kids naturally love to do. They naturally love to tell what they learned. And this is a great skill that if you can start working on narration in the younger years, by the time your kids get to high school and they have to write papers, it's not going to be as hard for them because they've already learned how to orally talk through um, what they learned or talk through points. And then it's much easier then to put that on paper. It even It just makes the writing process so much easier. And I know a lot of us didn't grow up learning about narration. 
So it probably made when we got to high school and had to learn to write papers, it made it much more difficult because we were starting with a blank slate. We didn't know how to think through and outline our thoughts or get our thoughts out orally first before writing them down. So narration is a great skill to work on as well as notebooking. And this is a great way to simplify your homeschool. Point number three, I would say, would be to have routines rather than schedules. If you are super scheduled with your homeschool and it's causing you stress, you probably need to rethink it. There's no reason you need to say every day at nine, we're doing math. Every day at 10, we're doing spelling. We're going to have a 30 minute recess after spelling. Like that kind of schedule, rigid schedule is for a traditional classroom because they have to, they have so many kids, they have to coordinate schedules with the rest of the school. There's no way that you as a homeschool mom need to do that. I feel like simplifying homeschool means you need to be more relaxed, have a relaxed flow. It doesn't mean you don't have a plan, but your plan is relaxed and it's flexible because when you have this really rigid schedule, you can actually feel like a slave to your schedule rather than if you have a relaxed flow, like routines, like here's what we do. When we get up, we do our chores. Then what do we do? We start with our morning time. Then what do we do? We work on math. And so if you have a relaxed flow, that is going to make everyone feel more at ease. It's going to just add a better feel to your homeschool day. And it's going to simplify your homeschool because what happens when your day doesn't, uh, unfold the way you planned. If you have a rigid schedule, you're going to feel off the entire day. You're going to feel like your day was uh, was ruined. But if you have a relaxed routine instead, there's no way to really mess that up. Because even if you have a big interruption, you can still pick up where you left off and you can still feel like you got your day done. So that would be point number three, routines rather than schedules in order to simplify your homeschool. All right, here's the last thing I'm going to mention. How do you simplify your homeschool? Well, there there are two ways to look at this. I, I look at it in big chunks. Kindergarten through eighth grade. I would say try to teach multiple ages together because if you have multiple kids in those age ranges and you're trying to do separate subjects for each one of them, that is a surefire way to feel crazy and not to be able to get to all the kids because you're one person. And if you have multiple kids, you can feel nuts trying to reach them all. But in as best as you can, teach multiple ages together. Obviously, subjects that this will not work in would be math because that is totally grade level based and you have to master the previous level before you move on. Um, Language arts, yeah, you're going to want to have that separate. Everyone's going to have separate probably grammar and even what they're reading, but you could still do read alouds together. But in all the other subjects, you could pretty much teach everyone together, especially if you're doing notebooking like we mentioned before. Your science and history could be the very same subject, the very same topics being covered every time. And when the kids go to their notebook or um, you know their written work, obviously your eighth grader is going to do more detail, more on his age level, whereas your first grader is going to be much more simple. So when you're learning about something in the Revolutionary War, your eighth grader might be writing about cause and effect or putting some dates and, and important people in their paragraph, whereas your first grader might be doing something very much more simple, like writing one sentence and drawing a picture of what they learned. So you can adapt it for the age level, but if you're teaching the same content to multiple ages together, this is really going to simplify your life. We did this for most of our homeschooling career while until my oldest hit high school. And I'll tell you, this really helped with almost every subject. And this is how I could homeschool at that point, four kids that were within five years of each other. And it didn't drive us too crazy. 
and most days were pretty good. Now, in ninth through 12th, the key is that your kids should be independent learners by then. Um, this year, we're finishing up, and we have three kids in the high school years, ninth through ninth through 11th right now. And honestly, I'm like their mentor. I'm their coach. I set out their instructions and what they're learning, and they pretty much work on their own. Of course, I help them, and I tutor them here and there if they need help. I help them work through problems, but they're really independent learners, so this is a way to simplify my homeschool. If I had to sit and teach all my high schoolers, every subject as if they were in a high school classroom, that would be a little crazy, but I'm pretty much working myself out of a job. If our goal is to raise lifelong learners, then definitely by high school, the kids should be doing most of the work by themselves. Even in middle school, my kids are transitioning to be really independent learners. So it's really only the K through maybe sixth grades that you have to be much more hands-on with the kids. But the older the kids get, the more responsibility they take, and you're working yourself out of a job, and that is the goal. We don't want our kids to be passive learners waiting for the teacher to pour information into their heads. We want them to be able to be active and pursuing that information, learning how to learn, and that is the goal. So I think these are four great ways to look into simplifying your homeschool if you feel like you need a change. So point one was find open and go curriculum. Point two was use notebooking and narration. Point three is to have routines rather than schedules. And point four is to really either teach multiple ages together up through eighth grade or ninth through 12th, really make sure your kids are on track to be independent learners during those years. So I'm going to link to a whole bunch of resources for you. If you want to um, look into any of these topics that we mentioned, you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 60. Thanks so much for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you know when they come live. And if you have a chance, leave us a rating or review. It will help other moms find the encouragement and inspiration they need. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.